We all want to be happier, but how do we get there? First, we start by realizing happiness is not a destination. Being happy consists of micro action steps every single day. I'm your host, Brittany King, and I'm here to guide you along the way. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I got a question for you, friend. Have you ever been about to leave the house, but you have no idea where your keys are? And you search high and low and you tear apart your bag and you go through every room and then all of a sudden it hits you. I had them by the fridge. And you open up the fridge and they're sitting in there. Or what about leaving the house in a rush and you put on two different shoes and you don't realize it until you're with a client that calls you out. I'm laughing because that last one happened to me after this interview, which is ironic. You might be wondering, what does all of this have to do with this episode? And the answer is literally everything. Today, I have a special guest, Donnie Starkins, who is one of my most favorite yoga instructors, and he's also a coach. So he has a big emphasis on mindfulness, and he challenges his yoga students and clients to explore things that are getting in the way of their purpose. His calm and focused instruction and peaceful energy makes even the most difficult scenarios possible through the work. Donnie's teaching create an overall connected and grounded, inspired experience for all levels of yoga and personal development too. Donnie has found his purpose by sharing his story and his purpose has tapped into helping others find theirs. He uses yoga, meditation, and personal development coaching to really help people get what they want. It's awesome because he leads by example. He's so committed to living the yoga practice off the mat and sharing that with the world. His story is unbelievable, and the way that he shares and it owns it is truly inspiring. I could have talked to him all day long, and I just am so excited to share the conversation with you. If you're looking to develop a mindfulness practice and what that has to do with happiness and you're curious about it, then this episode is for you. Now, before we get into the episode, if you're enjoying this podcast or you're having fun listening, do me a huge favor. If you wouldn't mind just rating it and leaving a comment, I'd love to know your thoughts and I really truly want to answer any questions that you might have. I will make sure it becomes a topic on this show. All right. So grateful for you. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, Donnie Starkins, mindfulness, happiness, let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Positively Real podcast. I am so excited because I am sitting here with my friend, Donnie Starkins, and we have so much good stuff to cover today. So Donnie, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And I'm so happy to see you stepping into your truth and crushing this podcast. <laughs> They're making me blush. Um, I'm so excited to have you here, Donnie, because when I was thinking about who has impacted me on my journey, your name popped into my mind. I've known you for a really long time since I first started part-time at Lululemon, which was like eight years ago. 
crazy to think about. Um, and I've watched your journey too. And I feel like it's just been so cool to watch you evolve and step into your purpose and how you're serving people. And that's been really inspiring to me. But one of the biggest impacts you've made on me is the connection with mindfulness and your yoga class as of, I mean, the past really year has really tapped into that mindfulness piece. And when I go, I like the, the way that I feel afterward is so I've never felt so present. And I obviously connect that to being happy and in the moment. So I'm really excited to have you here because I view you as an expert in mindfulness. And I want to be able to share with my listeners how mindfulness and happiness tie together. So um, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself, you know, give a little background of who Donnie is. All right, I will do a very Cliff Notes version of this. So again, my name is Donnie Starkins. I'm from here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, Grew up here my whole life here in Phoenix and grew up playing athletics, specifically baseball. Played all the way until my senior year in college at Arizona State. Had a major surgery on my knee. That was actually my fifth surgery on my knee. Ended baseball for me. It sent me down a really long road of of addiction and self destructive living from prescription pills, specifically painkillers, um, and that ultimately uh, led me to yoga. Things got so bad that I actually had to go to rehab. And then after rehab, when I started to clean up clean up my life, I got into yoga. Yoga turned into coaching, and now I get to teach yoga, be a coach, talk about mindfulness, speak to companies and speak to people about uh, the things that I believe have really just saved my life. God, One of the things that I just admire so much is how you own your story. Like the way that you tell it is just like so factual. It doesn't, there's no shadow, there's no darkness to it. It's just like, this is what happened and this is what I'm doing about it. Uh, and would you say that yoga and mindfulness has really helped you own your story? Yeah, a yoga teacher specifically, Sean Korn, who is um, a very well-known international yoga teacher, and I wouldn't say maybe a, an, an Instagram yoga teacher, um, <laughs> and not. I hate to say the word real yoga, but she was the teacher that inspired me and made yoga make sense for me. I went to her five-day leadership training um, called Off the Mat Into the World. And in that training, she she asked the question and she said, how dare we not? She has a way with her words. She is in this work with us and speaks fire to, to my soul and I know many others. And when she said that, it was for me, how dare I not share my story? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people close to me knew my story, but not everybody knew my story. And so we were tasked with... Uh, um, a, a service project when we went back into our communities and I created one called Sunday Yoga Service and myself and Anton Mackey, another teacher here, mm-hmm. we taught once a month for a year and all the proceeds went to off the mat into the world. But it was in that first, that first event we had, I actually shared my story. Mm-hmm. And from that day on, everything changed for me mm-hmm. from purpose and just being able to find my voice and know that I have to teach something more than just the yoga practice. We live in an area here where people drive nice cars and they look really good on the outside. But I know, I knew at the time, and I still know people are dying on the inside. And so how dare I not share my story? If I've been given this freedom of sobriety and a life beyond my wildest dreams, knowing where I was in the past, it is very easy for me to just 
step up and share it because the only way I'll ever keep what I have is if I give it away. And that's what recovery has taught me is to be of service, to show up. And if I do that, and if I'm in the work, I can be free of the the disease of addiction for the rest of my life, but it, but for the rest of my life, but it will be contingent on my, my spiritual condition. And that spiritual condition um, involves meditation, yoga, service work, coaching, um, and, and just showing up and being living life with purpose on purpose. Mm, I love all of that. I feel like we're very much kindred spirits in, in every activity that you just shared of really how you own that part of yourself and like the, the work of making yourself feel good by doing those practices daily. Uh, so you mentioned that you played sports, right? So was that kind of, was that where you, was that your outlet for a long time? And is that where you found your happiness when you were performing or when you were, you know, active? Um, yeah. So that was my purpose, my mm. purpose. And I, I, I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. That was the plan. I was going to make it to the big leagues, be able to take care of my friends and family financially Mm -hmm. and really fulfill my childhood dream. The only thing I ever knew. And so in one day when that's gone and that's all, you know, it can, it sent me down a long road of addiction and it wasn't, I had a major traumatic surgery um, and I placed the blame on the doctor Mm -hmm. and was calling my, I was the victim Poor me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I really owned, owned my part, dove in and did the work that I realized that I was taking those pills because I didn't want to feel the emotional pain Mm -hmm. and the loss of the love of my life. The only thing I ever knew my purpose, baseball. Mm -hmm. So I numbed it by taking pills. So that at the core is why I went down that road. Yeah. I had a, a bunch of surgeries, but Really, there was something deeper than that, right. and that was it. Wow. So how so how did you figure that out? Like, what happens to your happiness when your purpose goes away, and how do you find that happiness again, or how did you find that happiness again? So I think you live a passionless life if you're not living your life, your life's purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think for many people, you're they're maybe living somebody else's purpose. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's their parents or it's what society says that we need to have in place in order to be happy and fulfilled. And so if we're not living our purpose, and sometimes, you know, a lot of this, the beauty of personal development and even 12 step work in recovery is we can chip away at all the things that get in the way of who we really are. I believe that our purpose is within us and it needs to be discovered. And in order mm-hmm. to discover, you have to take the cover off. So it's, mm-hmm. it's within us mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's been there. It's always been there. So the, the beauty of this work in yoga, yoga to me is personal development. Mm-hmm. Um, we are able to unravel and chip away at the, the old stories, the limiting beliefs and the things that get in the way of being happy and free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you're living your, your purpose, I mean, that is, that is the greatest gift and you shine and and the happiness is within and it radiates without outside. So if someone's listening, they're like, I have no idea what my purpose is and I'm unhappy. What is something that they could do today that could help them chip away at that or help discover what their purpose is? Mm, Great question. I, I feel like you could Google values and goals exercise or something where you were to look at 
and there's plenty of stuff out there. If you were to dive deep and what you could do is you could just simply look at the three people you admire the most and what are the qualities and the traits that you admire most about them. And typically something within there will be your core values. And if you can align those core values, this is, this is your truth. This is your intention and set some goals around it. Typically you can live a more purposeful life. So when we're living if we don't know who we are and we're living and we're this, you know, maybe we're this fake person on Instagram or we're putting this um, perception of who we are to the world, but we know like that's not who we are. Mm -hmm. That's a really quick way to rob all your peace and joy. Absolutely. So if you're putting out something that else that you really are, that, that I think will rob you of you being an inspiration, being a leader, being of service. And it's not sustainable. And the truth is most people eventually are going to, sniff that out anyways. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. It's like that feeling of being out of alignment with who you really are. That's usually what has people feeling unhappy or unfulfilled because they know there's something missing and they're not quite sure. Uh, so what are some of your values? Mm, my values are service. This is super important for you, for me. Um, relationship, like just relationships in general, mm -hmm. being in relationship. And I know that the, if I want to have deep meaningful relationships that that starts with the relationship I have with myself. Absolutely. The most important relationship you can have is the one you have with yourself. Mm -hmm. So it has to start there. And if I'm able to connect deep within, I can have deep, meaningful relationships with the people around me. Mm -hmm. I, there's nothing like that really eats away at me. And then this like small talk BS talking about what do you do or what, you know, I want to go deep and have meaningful conversations and have five quality friends and all these friends that I don't really know much about. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you, you say that because what I love when people are so in tuned with their values, like for you to say that I, I would have been like, yeah, that is exactly what you value because you embody that every single day you show up like that every single day. And I do think that is the first step to finding what is going to light you up or what is your purpose or finding that happiness. So yeah, yeah, you can, you know, those you can figure out what is most important to you. And you can make every decision based on those values. And if you're if you're choosing if you're making a choice that doesn't align with those values, you're, you're not going to be as happy. Right. So if you know who you are and you know what your values are, every person, every relationship that comes into your life, you can see if they align with those values. Absolutely. It sure makes it easier to, to make more mindful decisions. Absolutely. And that was going to lead me to my next question, because when you are mindful, you're so much more aware of what you value. And it's just right in front of your face. Like the first time I did a values exercise, I did that exact one. I wrote down the people that I admire the most. And one of them, my mentor is super generous. And I had never realized that generosity meant so much to me. And I was like, I need to embody that every day in whatever capacity that I can. And it really shifted that perspective and shine that light on something that I found so important to me. And I've been living from that place ever since. And I don't know if I would have if I wasn't practicing mindfulness, because I would have just been going through the motions and not really paying attention to how it felt. So how would you define mindfulness? Ooh, um, the definition I always use is paying attention in a particular way on purpose, without judgment. That is, you know, it's, it's paying attention of mm -hmm. what's happening in the present moment. 
in both the inner world and the outer world. Mm -hmm. And it's about just waking up and, and really understanding that our lives only unfold in moments. So it's moment to moment. And then if, so if we're not present for those moments, then we miss out on what's most valuable in our lives. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's just about waking up and, and paying attention. Absolutely. I think that last part without judgment is key because we are like, we are toughest critics, right? We are so judgmental on ourselves and the things that we say or the things that we do or what we wear or whatever, however we show up. And I think that that last part is what takes people away from actually being happy in the moment because they're being so judgmental, especially on themselves. Like, yes, they can judge what's going on around them, but it starts from within. And sometimes that's a reflection of what's going on on the inside. So how would someone really tap into their happiness through a mindfulness practice? Um, well, mindful self-compassion is mm -hmm. a big one for me. So uh, an actual practice, uh, and I can really be quick with this exercise, but mindful, mm -hmm. mindful self-compassion says that um, first we need to, so there's three components. And the first one is self-kindness. This is this means putting a supportive arm over your own shoulder like you would do a friend who's struggling. You just talked about it. Like we will show up for our friends. We'll do anything. They're struggling. They messed up, did something stupid. Like we show up and we're positive and our, our posture Chin is strong. Up, everything's okay. Yeah. Um, but if it's us that do it, it's a completely different thing. Totally. So number one, self-kindness. Number two, mindfulness. And so mindfulness in this aspect means to actually be able to stay with the the challenge or the pain long enough to, to work through it, mm -hmm. to not distract by looking on our phones, grabbing a drink, doing a drug, mm -hmm. you know, going and having sex or whatever it is like being able to actually sit with it, feel it to heal it and work through it. Mm -hmm. But then also not holding on to it so long that we over identify mm -hmm. and, and get a little dramatic with whatever the story is. This is like the victim. Totally. And then the last piece is common humanity. And that is to say that like, if you're a human being, you're going to struggle. Part of life is you're going to go through stuff. Mm -hmm. I can think back at my rock bottom. I thought I was the only one going through this. I didn't want, I was most addiction at their bottom. It's complete isolation. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want any friends around me. I don't think they wanted to be around me. I didn't want to be around anybody. Poor me. But the truth is that suffering is actually what connects us all. It's common humanity. Right. My struggles might look different than yours, but it's still the same. Mm -hmm. And so it's that connection. So the actual practices, I think it's just self-love. You know, if I, it's having, and I, I could talk all day about self-love and, and, but it's true. If, you know, if we want love, you know, we're only going to be able to love as far as we're willing to love ourselves. 100%. And you talked about it earlier, but when we're not in alignment with who we are, we will often will will seek outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for love, you'll end up trying to fill the void outside of you because you can't fill it yourself. Right. So you go out and you look outside. And ultimately, when we when we look outside of ourselves for something we can't fill ourselves, it's going to end with not happiness. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that that is like, that resonates with me so much because that's where I was at for so long for most, like most of my, I don't know, like from 18 until 20 
26, 27, I was constantly searching outside of me for that happiness, but I had to put on that front and just be, and I knew I was out of alignment. So what you just said really connects with me because that's how I found my true happiness was once I started looking inside. And I know it seems like it seems counterintuitive, but it, it really is like, it's so important to be like, none of this on the outside really matters. It's like what's going on here is what, where it counts the most. And that's where you find that genuine happiness and, and joy. And I, I love that you brought up the victim lens and, you know, the victim lens can be worn, not just through going through, you know, addiction or rock bottom, like the victim lens can be on, if you are park your car and the UPS guys park behind you and you can't pull out and the victim lens could be if someone cuts you in line and it pisses, you know, like, so there's so many different levels to it. And what does that have to do with mindfulness and how do you switch that? Like, you know, humans are wired for negativity. That's the negativity bias. But if you're wearing the victim lens, how does someone take them off and like be mindful about it and switch it so they can be happy in that moment instead of, uh, unhappy. Mm. Well, it kind of ties into what I always like to talk about the four superpowers of mindfulness. And um, well, number one is the ability to focus. So it's zooming in mm. the, the ability to focus on the task at hand and not get distracted or pulled out of like whatever we're trying to actually focus on or pay mm. attention to. The second piece is zoom, zooming out or perspective. The ability to take a step back and see the bigger picture, mm -hmm. know that when it's time to move on, to move on, or the ability to let go when it's time to let go. Mm -hmm. And then the third piece is the power of the pause. Mm -hmm. That pause, that ability to take a breath, pause, learn how to respond, not react. And when we're able to pause, we're able to make better decisions, make less mistakes, and we can actually make decisions mm -hmm. that align with our core values. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the last piece is changing the channel. So it's that ability to watch with, if you're talking about your thought life, to mm -hmm. observe the things that you want to observe. And so these stories, the only story that matters is the one we tell ourselves. So if, if you want to get out of the victim mindset, just remember that quote and try to live by it. Mm -hmm. The one thing we do have control over is our perspective, which comes from our thoughts, which we can actually change our thinking if we actually meditate and notice what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think meditation is to not think, but think of it's more about thinking about what you're thinking about or <laughs> observing what you're thinking about. Mm -hmm. And in the noticing, there's patterns there. And it's the noticing, the awareness. Awareness is the first step in creating any kind of change. Mm -hmm. So it's in that noticing where if you we can want to change the way we're living, we have to change the way we're thinking. Absolutely. And that's where it all starts. And all of this has to do with our inner world. Mm -hmm. The moment that we try to change stuff outside of us, like, you know, I have plenty of people in my life, close people to me, family that, you know, they're, they're being banging their heads against the wall, trying to change things that aren't going to change. And so if you can take personal responsibility to accept the things you cannot change, like the serenity <laughs> prayer, yeah. but take huge action on the things that you can control. Mm -hmm. That's owning your personal responsibility to step in, step into your truth and not be the victim. And there's a whole hell of a lot of freedom and peace in that space. Absolutely. 
I love that. Like owning, like taking responsibility really shifts. And that's when things start to change, or at least that's when things really started to change for me was when I owned my choices and I owned the circumstance that I was in and everything really just started to fall into place. Uh, so when would you say that you owned your circumstance? Like how, what, what was the like aha moment? If there was one that was like, I'm taking ownership and then the shift happened. happened. Yeah. Well, the, the beauty of the 12 step program is in those steps, you're able to actually write down and look at all the resentments that you have or had in your life, all of them, all the stories. And in, in the work, of this step, you're able to look at your part. Mm -hmm. So you break down these columns and you look at, well, what was my part in this? Mm -hmm. And what we come to find out is we had a part in that one resentment. Mm -hmm. So the ability to let go of that resentment is there's great freedom there. Mm -hmm. And again, just observing people in their lives and coaching other clients to watch people so jammed up from having this lifelong resentment mm -hmm. and it's, they're just giving their power away to the, the other person. It's and poison. so it's poison. And, and I think it's just keeping our power means learning how to take personal responsibility, mm -hmm. let go of what, like, if it's, it's time to move on, if it's been 20 years and you're still all jammed up, like at some point you got to loosen the grip. Totally. Yeah. It's like, I, the, I probably will mess this quote up, but like resentment and like not forgiving someone is like drinking the poison and expecting something to happen to them, but yeah. really it's poisoning exactly. yourself. Yep. So I love that you brought that up because that, <laughs> that really does play into people's happiness. And as we're talking about this, like, it's just, it really is so simple. And there's so much noise out there that everybody's like, well, this is going to make me happy or this is going to make me happy. And it's this constant hamster wheel. There, once this happens, then I'll be happy. And with this stop over complicating it and just bring it down to like own it and then change, do something about it, take action on it. Like there's, there's ways out of it and there's ways to be happy now, not in 10 years when you get the job or when you buy the car, or when you get, you know, the promotion, all of that, because that's fleeting. It just, it wears off. Mm. So when you're coaching, do you, do you work with clients with that? Yeah, a ton. I mean, it's mindset shift and a lot mm -hmm. of it is having them be able to, to look at. So in order to invite something new and typically, well, all coach coaching clients are going to want something's not going well, mm -hmm. or they're wanting more, they're wanting to level off their mm -hmm. life. But in order to invite something new in, you have to let go right. of the old. There's right. this whole clearing the clutter, mm -hmm. making space for the new. Most of it is old stories, whether it's their their money story, their limiting beliefs, mm -hmm. family stuff. Most, a lot of it has to do with family, whether it's trauma or it's just um, wounds. Mm -hmm. I think we all have them to some degree or another, but looking at like, how is that getting in the way of you going to where you want to go? Mm -hmm. So the exercises and the coaching that we'll do will shine awareness, the light of awareness onto it to create a new belief, mm -hmm. a new opportunity. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of times you have to take a step back and look at what's getting in the way before you can start to invite something new in. Absolutely. But it all has to do, you know, with, with what's going on in between our two ears and the ability to, and yeah, you said it, there's a ton of distractions. Mm -hmm. People are grabbing and reaching outside of themselves for happiness. You have the biggest companies in the world paying the smartest people in the world to create right. algorithms to capture yeah, our attention. Right. And so we're, we're, we've, we've lost focus and our minds are everywhere and it's a stressful state to be in. Mm -hmm. 
And all we have to do is take a step back and take a breath and actually every once in a while, just do nothing at all. Absolutely. I feel like I'm talking to like the male version of myself. <laughs> I'm like, am I having a conversation with myself right now? Um, I couldn't agree more with that. And I think, yes, technology is amazing and we live in such an amazing digital world, but there is the dark side to it and there is the downside. I recently just, I went on a 30 day trip and I deleted Instagram the whole time because I really wanted to have intention behind the photos I was taking and why I was sharing. I'm like, I want to be present. I want to be in this moment. And what an incredible experience that was. Uh, And I found that when I came back, I was so hesitant to bring it back into my life, but it's a really amazing tool. So if you use it as a tool, then it's great. But if, if you not, it uses you. And like you said, these companies are paying for this algorithm that is buying our attention, but it's also using our data and selling it to Mm. the companies for advertisement. So we are just getting used. And it's like, we know that, but why aren't less of us doing something about it or being more mindful? How can you have a mindful relationship with technology? Because I know that's something that, you know, we both are on the same page about. It's easier to talk about, but there's definitely something to it. Um, And I don't, I don't know what it is. So I'm hoping that you have an answer for that. I don't have an answer. I have um, the stuff that I'm practicing um, as a teacher of this to know that this is some, one of the main things that still gets in my way or Mm -hmm. trying to create a post and my fat fingers are trying to do these hashtags. And like, (laughs) I get stressed and I get tension in my neck from posting something and I'm like, well, what, what is that? And so it's the relationship, right? It's not totally. the technology. No, it's, it's, the relationship. it's our relationship with it. And it, I mean, everything that you were describing, I'm like, that's addiction. And, and it is, and, and it is, and we'll, we'll see where that goes mm-hmm. um, in the future for, for the world, because it, you know, with our younger generation growing up on these, but then also the parents of the younger generation on their phones. So the kids aren't getting their attention they need from their kids. So it's like this vicious cycle. Oh, it's a complete vicious cycle. Yeah. So my, my, my big thing is to, to do my meditation, um, in the morning before I look at my phone, Mm -hmm. I used to get up, um, and I would grab my phone and get on email and social media. Like the minute I woke up and I saw this coach and she took me through this, um, guided meditation. She's like, well, what do you, what, what's the outcome you want? I want to meditate every day before I do anything else, no technology. And she said, okay, I'm going to uh, walk you through this visualization. You're sitting in a movie theater. There's three screens. The first screen says it's you um, choosing social media. The second screen is you choosing to meditate. And the third screen is blank. And she's like, just close your eyes. I'm going to make this swishing sound. And, and just when I make the sound, just keep changing the screens. Mm-hmm. So I close my eyes and she starts going shoo, 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 for like a couple minutes. I'm like, all right, this is weird, but okay, I'll do it. I'm open-minded. And she's like, okay, let's check in next week and let me know how it's going. And the next day I woke up and there was space wow. of awareness to make a choice. There was a little bit of space to make a choice and I chose to meditate. And I did it for the first four days. And then the fifth day there was the space to make a choice and I chose not to. Right. And I was just a mess all day. And ever since that day, I've made that I have not, I I will meditate if it's two minutes or it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I will make sure I get that meditation and that small little win just lays the foundation for my day. And it's like, okay, I I do still rule you, you don't rule me. And so Mm -hmm. it's just a little psychological thing that um, I would recommend 
anybody doing first thing in the morning, mm -hmm. tie it to something you're already doing, whether it's coffee or brushing your teeth and just do it before and after. And it doesn't really matter how long it's the consistency of it mm -hmm. and your intention behind it. Absolutely. I think that that's a wonderful thing to bring up. I have a similar, I, ha I didn't go through a visualization like that, but I'm sure like, like me, we've experiment with a lot of different like meditations, all these different things. And it's awesome to know that something like that actually had gave you that space and had such an impact. Uh, for me, same thing. I actually use the setting on my phone for downtime and it's grayed out. All of my apps are grayed out until 7am. So if I want to wake up and I meditate. I've made it my like mantra, I've made it my goal to create before I consume, because that way I'm not like focusing out. And I notice the more I focus out, the more I lose sight of what I'm doing. And I start to question myself. So I've really shifted that. And I have a much better relationship with it now because using it for business, like I know that feeling of like, what am I going to post? And is this going to have impact? And I'm like, it's not about that. Like, I just want to create, I want to provide value for people. And that's kind of what's worked for me. Um, it's just kind of keeping those two things in mind because it is something that I know a lot of people struggle with. My clients struggle with, we talk about it a lot and it's like, oh my gosh, like, like you said, for the future generations, this is going to be a vicious cycle. So hopefully we can lead by example and start breaking that and kind of be the people that lead the way. Yeah. It's good job stability for us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so we kind of talked about your first coaching program, the shift, and I know you are creating another one and it's similar to the shift, but it has the recovery component. Um, I want to know about it and um, when, when we can expect that. Yes. So that the, the online coaching, it's a 90 day program called the shift to sobriety. And it'll be for anybody that is wanting to get sober. Maybe they want just, maybe they're not an addict or an alcoholic, but they're wanting to do a 90 day detox from their, um, from, their <laughs> from, from, from whatever addiction. Um, it might be for, from, for somebody that has just got out of rehab and they need that, that next follow up. A lot of people, what I see and what I've experienced is you get out of, you go to rehab, you're in a safe space, this container, you get out and you're back into the real world. And a lot of relapses, people pay $30,000 to go to a treatment center. And then two days out of mm. treatment, they're back using again right. and their parents' money or whoever paid for it. And so it's been on my heart. I've lost multiple, I've lost a lot of friends mm. to the disease of addiction, um, two childhood friends in the last three months. Mm. And it's just, it breaks my heart, but it lights a fire under me that I've got to do more. Mm. I've got to step up. And um, I love 12 step work. Um, the one piece I feel like is missing is the mind body connection. Mm -hmm. So movement, yoga in the 12 steps, there's meditation, which is beautiful. But the one piece missing is that mind body that our issues are in our tissues and like all of our guilt and resentment and trauma, it is in your body. Mm -hmm. And the way you heal your body is to feel your body. And the way you feel your body is to breathe and move mindfully with intention and ultimately, so the coaching program, it'll be for anybody, anybody, maybe fam family members that are in Al-Anon or have a, a family member that is an addict, they could go through this and fully understand. Mm -hmm. And each week there's 12 weeks and there'll be a, um, a fusion of mindfulness, personal development and recovery all tied in together with audio meditations, um, a journal and yoga videos. Wow. That is amazing. I'm so excited for that. I love 
the it's so true the mind body connection for those that don't think there's a connection like it is all one piece and i think that that's such an important component to have in a coaching program and i love how you're integrating what you've been through in your experience to create something that doesn't exist right now and that is so powerful and using your story and i'm so sorry to hear about your childhood friends but like how much power that gives you to like light that fire and share this gift that you've been given through your experience. So that's amazing. Thank you. It, it is just, it needs it. I, I mean, it's this problem is not going anywhere. Technology right. doesn't help it. Right. Um, and so it is, it is just part of my purpose. And to and like, like Sean said, how dare we not, like, how dare I not step mm -hmm. up and do more? And um, what breaks my heart more than anything are actually the friends and families that get left behind right. when one of their loved ones dies from the disease of addiction or mental illness or suicide. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm creating a, a nonprofit that will tie together with the coaching program called the Aftermath Community. Mm -hmm. And that's for the people that have lost somebody. And maybe they don't have the funding to get therapy or get help or pay for funeral services. So these two will talk to each other and um, people will be able to pay for the coaching program and it will be tax deductible. Awesome. And um, yeah, I'm just on a mission to be able to give what was so freely given to me. Right. And thank you for that. That's so powerful. And hopefully there's someone that's listening that is impacted by that in a big way because it's so inspiring for me to hear that and just the to how it affects everybody and how you can give back in that way. So Yeah, and so I and cool. I would just say if you're going through this, you are first of all, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. You never have to be alone. And the fact that my past and some of the bad, bad decisions that I made all the worry and pain I put my family through wondering if I would even like be alive through mm -hmm. this. All of that was for a purpose for me to be here. So the fact that my past, what used to bury me in guilt and shame is now my best asset mm -hmm. is unreal. And I changed my story mm -hmm. and I shared my story. And so to be able to use my past to help others it's it's mind-blowing mm -hmm. and for me it's there's a selfish part of it because it's giving me freedom and it's giving me that happiness and so i want to just give give more give more because i get it back it's just the law of karma and it can't Absolutely. be denied yeah well thank you for sharing your story uh, it's so powerful so my last question for you is if if i asked friends or family what your superpower was what would they say Ooh, my superpower, I think, would be maybe uh, my calm presence. Mm -hmm. um, this is just the ability to stay calm when, when things around me aren't so calm. And I'm not going to say I'm like that all the time, but I am a hell of a lot better than I used to be. And it's a direct reflection. It's just all because of the, the gifts of mindfulness, the mm -hmm. gifts of yoga, the gifts of the 12-step work, the willingness to, to do the work. Um, and also to know that I didn't do it alone. The mm -hmm. gift of sobriety and yoga is community. Mm -hmm. And that's really my other core value is community and connection um, to remember that I never have to be alone and that we carry each other. I don't have to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I would never be where I am today if it wasn't <laughs> for the men in my life that you know helped me when I was struggling. So you are not alone if you're out there. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This was so awesome. Such a pleasure. Like I said, I feel like I was having a conversation. With <laughs> Looking in the mirror. Yeah, it was so nice to 
hear what you had to say and how I'm just so on the same page and just grateful for the work that you're doing and keep, keep doing you, Donnie. It's very important. Our world needs more people like you in it, sharing their story. So thank you. Thank you back. And you are doing all this same work. So I could say all the nice, wonderful things <laughs> right you. back to you. Thank you. So um, how can people find you? What if they're interested in your program? Where can they find, um, where's the best way to contact you? The best way is my website is just my name, donnystarkins.com. It's Donnie with a Y. My Instagram is Donnie underscore Starkins. Those would be the two best ways on my website. There's a free guide to mindfulness. There's a, I think you can download for free meditations. You'll get on my email list if you want to be on there. And then on that email list are all my events and retreats. I got a retreat in Sedona at enchantment, um, in January called love yourself. That'll oh, be the, get, yeah, I think I need to go to that one. That'll be the fifth one I've done there. And it's just, it's magic. Do you need a guest speaker. Or what? I might have to have you come in, bring the fire. Um, so lots of, lots of exciting stuff coming up. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again, man. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I could have talked to Donnie for hours. In fact, I have all these ideas after our conversation ended and I'm definitely going to have him back on the show because there's a lot of different areas that we could dive into. I was so present for that conversation. I forgot to ask him action step, which is okay because there are so many nuggets that you can pull from this episode and take action on in regards to your mindfulness and your happiness. So if something resonated with you or you heard something for the first time, or maybe you've heard of something before, but it really clicked with you today, share it. I want to know. Take a screenshot of this episode, post it on Instagram, and tag me and Donnie in it so I can see what resonated with you and can cheer you on to making it happen. Cool? So no action step for this episode, but it's all good. There's always action that you can take. And the best way is to do it right now. So what are you going to do when you're done listening? Hop off, screenshot, post it, tag it, and then I'll send you some love back. Sound good? Okay, friend, that is all I got for you today. So until next time, remember to love yourself, own your happiness, and let your light shine because you are so worthy of it. Have a positively real rest of your day. I'll catch you soon.